loving me. But everything I try just takes you further from me. I don't know if I'm going to include this part in the video. I, I, I might. I might just include it. And I'll explain why in a bit. Just lighting up the candles, guys. We're going to light candles every episode. Look how crazy that flame's going. That's crazy, man. Crazy flames, man. Crazy flames. Um. All right, I think I'm just going to start. I think I'm just going to start. Um. Hello. Uh, <laughs> how do you start something new? That's a great question in and of itself. How does one start something new? If by default, it being something new of nuance, you don't have any real compass or any real direction on how to do anything if it's new and that's what this is this is a new thing it's a new concept um it's being posted on the mentally gone channel but the name of the show is going to be its own thing i think it might i think i might call it like mind of cali lacerda just because it makes it more personal that's my name by the way cali lacerda if you are new to the channel hopefully this is a good volume hopefully Hopefully the audio and everything is okay. It's been a while since I've sat down to do one of these formats. We've been doing more reaction videos because um, we started a reaction channel, which is taking off pretty incredibly. And we also started a dedicated gaming channel. So if you're looking for the continuation of a certain game or you're looking for more reactions, I would refer you to those channels because those are dedicated for that. And we don't plan on posting any more of that content on this channel moving forward. That's the whole reason why we started a new one. So this channel is going to be kind of just dedicated towards podcast shows, you know, like this channel is called Mentally Gone Studios for a reason. Um, this is a new show. This is a new concept. And because it's a new concept and it's my first time doing it, I ask for patience. I ask for, yeah, just, just um, patience, you know, because it's new for me. It's new for you. Um, and I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to learn as I do it. And, uh, and as I go, um, I've been wanting to do this type of show for a long, long, long time, a long time. I've been wanting to do sort of a confessional, you know, like it's kind of like a podcast, but it's more of a one-on-one -on -one conversation between me and you, the audience, the person watching. And I hate referring to, to viewers as just viewers as just an audience <clears throat> what puberty right there has just an audience i like to think of you watching as a human because you are a human you know and i and i think it's easy nowadays for influencers and for content creators to have this weird weird hierarchy established where they feel like they are they are god's chosen you know like they are the ones that are creating this thing and doing you a favor kind of it's like i'm creating content for you to enjoy you know it's like i do this for you so you better thank me you better subscribe you better like this shit you better freaking worship me like th like that's what i get kind of the vibe off of most influencers not all of them but a, but a lot of these influencers a lot of these creators creative people it's it's very easy for you to get kind of caught up in that mindset in that way of thinking and it's very antiquated in my opinion and it's not true at all so just to kick this kick this off, I just want to let you guys know that you guys can call in and I really, 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 really want you guys to call in. 
Um, I created a new dedicated phone line for this show, which I don't know what it's going to be called yet, but if you clicked on this video, I probably came up with a name for it. I'm leaning towards Mind of Cali Lacerda, The Mind of Cali Lacerda. Oh, coffee burps, sorry. You're going to be hearing a lot of those and you're going to be seeing and witnessing a lot of those, unfortunately, but it's just what happens when I get anxious and get excited. I'm very nervous right now, even though it's just me in my studio, in my home studio, in the comfort of my own home. And yeah, I think that that's a good sign too. I think that being nervous for something or being nervous leading up to an event or leading up to an action, I think that it just shows that your soul is really resonating with what is to come because it's of utmost importance, you know, for your personal development. And I think that everybody can apply that because growing up, I've had multiple instances where what I would avoid the most and be scared of the most was always the case, almost always the case. It was what I needed the most in order to develop, in order to grow, in order to evolve as a human being. And so this is one of those things. This is one of the biggest decisions that I have ever made for myself. And I, and I just know that I had to do it today because today is October the 2nd as of this recording. Um, it's my birthday month. Um, I, 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 I was born on Halloween. I was born on the 31st. And for whatever reason, I just knew that with the start of this new month, today's Monday, October 2nd, the first Monday of this month, I had to push myself and force myself to just sit down and talk. And you, and you guys will tell that I'm nervous by my voice, by the way I'm breathing. You can tell that I'm not comfortable right now. And it's because it's not meant to be a comfortable process, at least not in the beginning. It's meant to be a confessional. This is a therapy session for hopefully both of us. But at the very least, at minimally for me, um, this is a platform and this is going to be a show where I'm going to just come in. I'm going to sit down with you guys and I'm just going to light these candles, you know, light this candle and, you know, like we'll swap out candles as we go, but I'm going to light the candle. I'm going to sit down and we're just going to start. We're just going to start talking. Maybe we'll start with a voicemail if you guys want to call in and share a personal anecdote, a personal story. Um, something that maybe I said that really clicked with you guys or that you guys have a similar experience or have gone through a similar experience and you guys want to share it and you want to just, just, just tune in, just be a part of the show. It's an open invitation for a guest. I won't be doing live guests anytime soon, but I will be playing your voicemail on this podcast and I will be listening and responding obviously and going through all that. Um, so with that being said, if you guys want to call the number for this show for you to call directly onto the show and leave a voice me voice message for me to play will be 862-419-6997 that's 862-419-6997 and you will be seeing a lot of this black little five dollar composition notebook that i found at five below um, you'll be seeing it a lot because of what of what I'm about to explain, kind of, but essentially this is will this is will I'm 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 so sorry guys I'm not gonna edit I'm not gonna cut this is just me this is the first one so it's gonna be rough it's gonna be a rough cut but I'm okay with that because there's no perfectionism when you want to start something and you want to start implementing a vision and you want to start moving the ball forward on anything you do in life it's always gonna be a rough start it's always gonna be rough it's gonna be cringe. I'm the one that has to edit this. I'm going to watch myself back. I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, why did I, 
why am I doing this? I'm like, I'm not going to post this shit, but then I'll even, even during that stage, I'm already preemptively letting you guys know how it's going to go down. I'm going to resist posting this, but if you're watching this, it's know that I overcame multiple boundaries that derive ultimately from my, from my childhood. And which is what we're going to be talking about today, actually. Um, but, but before we get into any of that, I also want to let you guys know, and there's a little like fly thing flying around. Hopefully it doesn't go inside of my mouth. Uh, that's what she said. Um, what I want to preface everything before we even jump into this journey is a little backstory of what I've undergone in the past few months, if you will. Um, a few months ago, I had absolutely no real conviction and no real belief system set in place when the topic was God. You know, like when anybody would talk to talk about God with me or anybody would try to get my position, like, what's your position? Well, what are your thoughts on God? What are your thoughts on religion? I would always say that I believed in the higher force, the universe or whatever you want to call it, God, but I didn't really subscribe to any one religion. And that hasn't really changed in the aspect of subscribing to a particular religion. But my relationship with God has completely, completely changed since then. And it's what I like to call a kundalini spiritual awakening, right? So it's a kundalini awakening, a spiritual awakening. And I'm not the only person because I've come across a bunch of other people, thousands of people on the internet, especially. Um, So many people have kind of gone through this experience and are going through this experience. And that just reassures me that it's something about the collective consciousness, you know, everybody's kind of waking up. And I know that, that many of you are used to a podcast about conspiracy theories and about, you know, like Satanism and, you know, like shedding awareness and shedding light on, on Satanism and music videos and Doja Cat and what did she do, you know? But to say that this will not be a conspiracy theory podcast is also incorrect. I just think that this podcast will tackle the most important conspiracies, the most important things, illusions of life, if you will. And I'm already going to let you know and reassure you because mind you, a few months ago, like I said, I wasn't really convinced, like I wasn't convinced that there was a God, you know, like I wasn't convinced. I didn't really believe, believe. I didn't feel it. I couldn't feel it. Right. But after I went this, like underwent this spiritual awakening, Every night now, through meditation, through active prayer, through whatever you want to call it. For me, it's meditation because I literally just sit crisscross applesauce in the meditative position for from one hour from from one hour to like three hours at a time. Right. And it's every night, every night I have to meditate and I do meditate. And it's the one thing that I've been consistent with in my life in a way where I never even expected to be con- like to, to be consistent with, if that makes sense. It just happened that way where, where now it's just it's just a habit. It's just part of who I am. It's like brushing my teeth in the morning. Like I have to do it. Otherwise I can't sleep. You know, I have to do it. Otherwise I can't move on with my life. It's just a part of my life. And we'll eventually get into everything because that's the whole point of starting this journey is that this is going to be like a lifelong journey. I see myself literally 10 years from now, looking back at this video and creating an edit of me right now, speaking into the camera And just like reminding myself of just how far we've gone together through this journey. And it all started today. And that's why it's so important to me. And that's why I'm like nervous. I'm kind of like, 
I'm I'm kind of a wreck right now. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not going to pretend that I have everything together because that's another point of this show is just to be real. It's just to be real. Um, I've seen other channels that are very centered around personal development and personal growth. I've never enjoyed being preached that. You know, I've I never enjoyed listening to people who portrayed themselves as having all of the answers. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. People who who they say like, oh, like this is how you overcome depression. These five steps. This is how you overcome a breakup. Five steps. This is how you do this. And this is why you should do this. I've never resonated with that. Because I've always known and I've always understood that everybody has their own unique set of events and experiences that eventually lead and result in who you are now, right? So who you are, for example, if I ever met you in person, I wouldn't approach you as whatever identity you presented to me firsthand, right? It's like, hi, my name is Callie Lacerda, and this is how I look, and this is how I dress, and this is who I am, and this is the job I have. I don't see people that way anymore. What I always try to do off of first impressions, off of first interactions, which is very intimidating and kind of overwhelming for a lot of people, and I don't intend it to be that way, it's just the way it is now, I try to really get to the core of who you are. Like I'm trying to understand who you are, not, not, not this projection and this illusion, this compilation of traumas and, and past events and, and just societal influence and the influence of externalities, of peer pressure, of your environment. I'm trying to understand like what's the essence of you? Who are you? You know, because, because you're not the, the fancy label that you were given at, at birth. Just like I'm not the fancy label that I was given on birth, you know, or at birth. I'm not just Cali Lacerda and you are not just insert name here. You are more than that. You are a complex series of events, you know, like you are a living and walking miracle. All of you are. And I am too. Because that's what we do here, right? Like that's what the human experience is all about. Nobody knows what the fuck we're doing here. Right? Like nobody has the answers of what we do here. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has a theory. It's like, oh, like we were placed here to do this and we are meant to do this and we are meant to do that. Sure. Like that's a cool idea, but nobody really knows, you know, and in that not knowing it can either stimulate or it can either generate rather anxiety, crippling existential anxiety, or it can liberate you and just and just inject this like freedom, you know, th this feeling of just emancipation from any expectations. Because what even is this reality? What is consciousness? What is the soul? What is anything? What is nature? What is the ocean? We don't even know what the fuck the ocean is or what it contains. Like we know what water is on a chemical level, but we don't understand anything. We try to understand everything with an objective mindset, which is what you're going to kind of understand as we progress with this series. You're going to really understand how I think about things. And you're going to disagree a lot of times. A lot of you are going to hate me for whatever I say, but a lot of you might love what I say. And maybe a lot of you resonate with what I say. And maybe a lot of you believe in what I say, but you just always felt like you can't really take that stance and you can't really say those things out loud because of your environment and how you grew up and and your particular friend group and what you believe you are now and who you are now but but yeah like that's all to say that you're in for a ride i think like a good ride though either way it's good um i i honestly don't know if any of that made sense maybe it's just 
incoherent rambling, maybe, but there's a small possibility that it's not. And there's a small possibility that some of you guys understood what I just said. And that's what I'm going to bet on throughout this whole series. I'm just going to bet that there's at least one person out there who is listening, who is actually actively understanding what I'm saying and taking everything in, even if they don't really understand it. I think that the whole point is also to um, embrace things that don't necessarily align with your belief system. Being open-minded. I think being open-minded is a precursor for you to even get to God, which is ironic, right? Because most religions, for example, and here I go, first episode, uh, 15 minutes in, I'm already tackling religion, right? I have nothing against religion. I think that religion is beautiful. It can be beautiful. It can produce beautiful fruits and results. But I do think that the ideological possession that comes with it, the dogmatism, the narrow-mindedness is, is, is actively working against the emancipation, the spiritual emancipation of every human being that is subscribing to that or that is a victim of that influence and a victim of that manipulation, right? So that is kind of a conspiracy theory and we'll get into it in a future episode. I'll present you facts and I'll present you like things that I found through research you know, you have the black pope and you have the gray pope and you have the white pope. Um, you have a lot of just corruption when it comes to religion. And that's why I've never, never felt any gravitation towards it. I've never felt an inclination to follow any religion, even though I grew up in a very hyper-religious environment. Hyper-religious? Hyper-religious environment. You know, my whole family is Catholic. My whole family you know, part of my family is Catholic and the other part is Christian. And the irony is that with these new ideas, I'll have a lot of people claiming that I am Satanist or that what I'm promoting is demonic or that, no, bro, like there's only one, one true savior. There's only one true God. Read this, read that, get right with God. If you're one of those people, then I kindly ask you to just leave because this is not your platform. This is not your place. This is not your group. This is not your people. This is not your community. You know, I'm welcoming of everyone, but I don't need that energy is, is my point. I want just open-minded people who are kind of at the same place in life where they're just starting to question everything. It's like, what is everything? What is this? Why do people do this? Why do people do that? And that's kind of what I want to do with this podcast. I just want to touch on things, you know, like, especially during my my late night meditation sessions, I always come up with these crazy ideas, right? Crazy. And then I just began jotting them down, just writing them in my notebook. And that's why this notebook is here. So last night I had a revelation of sorts and I want to share that personal anecdote slash revelation because I shared it with a few people in my life and they all kind of resonated with that. You know, like they all had a personal anecdote where they were like, wow, I never thought about that. And now, and now that I think of it, I went through something similar, you know, like I, wow, like that explains why I do this too. So that's what I want to do. I just want to kind of share and hope that someone out there resonates with it and plants a seed maybe that over time it'll grow. Or even if you don't, if it doesn't click now, maybe someday it'll click. And then you're like, oh shit, like that guy with the beard, with the red sweatshirt, he said that one time. And I was like, eh, but then now I went through this life experience. And I'm like, damn, that makes sense. 
So yeah, um, it's going to have a lot of these weird pauses, but I want to keep it as real as possible. And I don't want to make this seem like I'm trying to be better than any other creator on the, on, on any platform, you know, by seeing the things that I said about how most creators, they kind of present personal development as a cookie cutter already kind of established route for each and every person, you know, like uh, one solution fits all. And I have no intention at preaching anything at, at you guys or proposing an idea as an absolute. All I'm going to talk here is as if I'm talking to myself, you know, like it's as if it's as if I'm just pondering, I'm just having ideas. So with that comes a high risk of saying something wrong. And it also comes a high risk of me getting emotional, you know, of me breaking down on camera. I've never really broken down on camera. Um, and I'm just going to keep it raw. I'm just going to keep it real with you guys because I want to heal my inner child through this, right? That's the whole point. So it's kind of selfish in many ways if you look at it from that perspective because I'm doing this for myself, you know? Like it's just the inclination. It's just an intuition thing that I just had to act on. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. One of my biggest inspirations for doing this format is the comedian Theo Vaughn. He's probably my favorite podcaster slash comedian alive today. And I love his podcast. Um, I listen to it whenever I get the chance. And I just love how authentic he is, you know, like how real he is with the camera. And he does a lot of these solo podcasts, which which up until when 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 I kind of discovered him, I always just assumed that podcasting is is you bouncing ideas off of someone else. And that that was the precursor, that was the prerequisite for you to have a, a good show or to have a show, period. But here I am taking this risk, you know, after kind of being inspired by Theo Vaughn. I want to try my hand at it and I want to see if this could lead somewhere significant, if this could provide someone with something of value, you know, and also provide myself with some healing and with some just accountability, you know. I just want to hold myself accountable for things that I want to kind of use the world to test and measure my ideas and to kind of test and measure my person, my spirit, myself. And I want to evolve, you know, so this episode, I might say things and then, and then on the next episode, I might be like, oh, so I researched things deeper and I read this book and now I think differently. And now I think the opposite. So it's just going to be a long term journey is my point. But jumping right into jumping right into what I was thinking about yesterday, right? And, I, and I'm starting to feel more comfortable as we go. And hopefully that's the case with each and every episode. But last night I was meditating, right? And while I meditate, I kind of astral project or astral travel or whatever you want to call it. I kind of just like leave my body. And it's very hard to explain. And unless you've undergone a Kundalini awakening, you know, which is when the, the kundalini rises through your body and that energy just flows through your chakra systems, um, not chakra systems, but just flows through your chakras. And, you know, it gets to the point where it comes up to your crown chakra and then it, everything just vibrates, your whole body vibrates and you just feel like you're not even yourself anymore. Like you're not even a part of this meat vessel, you know, like you've, you've, you've engaged with your higher self, with your higher intuition. And you kind of just let your higher self and your higher intuition take control and lead you wherever you need to be led, not wherever you want to be led, because that's what this meat vessel is for, right? 
this meat vessel is responsible for dealing with your wants in life and your inner self, your higher self, your intuition, your spirit, your soul is the one responsible for reminding you of what you need, if that makes sense, right? So anyway, so while I meditate, I've just been meditating for a long time and I've just gotten to a point where after a few minutes or so, I'll start entering this stage, right? I'll be sitting, I'll be breathing, but I don't really feel my, my, my body anymore. Like I, I can see my body and it might sound crazy to a lot of you, but, but that's essentially what happens. Like I just exit my body and then I see myself laying in bed or not laying in bed. I see myself sitting upright in bed and I see my girlfriend laying next to me sleeping. And then I see my room, you know, I'm like walking around my room without walking around my room. And then I just decide that I'm just going to fly up. And then I see myself flying up. I look down, I see my house just getting smaller and smaller. I see the whole neighborhood. I see the whole, the, you know, the whole cul-de-sac. I see, I see the entire town almost as if from like a Google maps view. And then I just go somewhere. And then I talk with my spirit guides. I talk with my grandma, you know, who passed away in 2015. And she became one of my biggest kind of guides in that spiritual aspect, in that spiritual realm. And I talk to her almost every night and I meet her, you know, I've met her, uh, after almost 10 years, you know, and that was, that was an insane moment in and of itself. You know, I got to have my closure with her, you know, on, on, on things that I, that I regret not doing, you know, because when she passed away, um, 2015 and I'm already starting to get emotional and I'm just thinking in my head, like, I'm just. Am I going to cry on the first episode? Jesus. Um, in, in, in 2015, she passed away. And I was traveling at the time. And I couldn't make it back. Like, I couldn't make it back for her funeral. So when I left, she was still alive and she was undergoing chemotherapy. Um, she had breast cancer. And she had already removed her breast, you know, to try to, to try to kind of like um, what the hell is the word I'm trying to look, uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm sorry guys. It's just that when I start getting emotional, like it's hard for me to like balance out the rational part and the emotional part, but she was kind of trying to hold off the cancer as much as she could, right? Like that's what the doctors were kind of recommending. So she under good intense, um, she underwent intense chemotherapy and she removed her breast, but it just happened the way it happened. You know, she was alive when I left. And then while I was on vacation, she passed away and I couldn't make it back. I just couldn't. It's like things just didn't work that way. You know, like I didn't, my mom didn't have the money at the time to, to just buy, to make a change on the ticket. And there was no available ticket. I, I just couldn't make it. I, I couldn't. And I, I, I had to live with that, you know, because she was my best friend. It's like, she was genuinely my best friend. And, and I couldn't make it to my best friend's funeral. So in, in many ways, I couldn't even say my goodbyes, you know, it's like the last goodbye that I gave her, <clears throat> sorry, the last goodbye that I gave her was just, was, was just not knowing that that would be the last goodbye. And so, and so once I kind of broke through the spiritual ceiling, right, because up until that point, 
up until recently, I was just super focused on just the the things of this world, you know, the physical things of this world, money, you know, like um, scaling your business, um, becoming successful, having money, having stability. All those things are still important. But the irony is that ever since I've let go of those things, my life has taken off in such a drastic, dramatic way. Like everything I'm working on now just works. And it's ironic because it wasn't working the way I wanted it to work when I was so fixated and focused on making it work, right? I, 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 like that's all that mattered for me in my life at the time. Like I, like I remember, for example, the, the videos that you guys see so far up until this point on this channel, I edited every single one, right? I did all the editing. I had to teach myself how to edit. I had to teach myself how to use editing softwares. I had to teach myself how to do everything. Export, figure out the the perfect um, settings, export settings, bit rate. I didn't know any of that shit. And I just forced myself to learn. Like I just, I've just always been this person, you know? I've just always been this person where if I have an internet connection, I can figure something out. You know, like I can build a house if I have a YouTube, uh, if, if I have YouTube available, like I can figure it out for myself and probably do a good job at it. So my point being is that I was just so burnt out, so burnt out trying to make everything work, trying to make thinking that doing more work and pumping out more content, more videos and, and, and trying to ride waves and trying to ride the hype of certain things, you know, like if a certain video game came out, hop on it immediately, um, play it and then rush through it so that you can post that gameplay first than most people. And then that way you can compete with the gamers who get it in advance and you can try to just get a little bit of the hype off of that and trying to like, like everything was, my whole life was very calculated. And it was crippling my soul because I wasn't acting with a soulful intention. I wasn't allowing myself to speak from the soul or act from my soul, from my spirit, from my intuition, from my higher self. Everything was just very numbers based. You know, it was just very like do A and you'll get B kind of. And now ironically, like I said, I've just learned to just completely let go, let go. You know, like I come on this channel unapologetically. Um, I'm aware that a lot of you guys are waiting for like continuations of like gameplays and just walk playthroughs and, and more reaction videos and more podcasts and more conspiracy podcasts, break down more music videos. But I've just learned to just love my own intuition and to love myself ultimately, you know, and then to follow that inner voice and that inner dialogue and that inner guidance. And it led me here. It just told me that today's the day that I have to sit down and start speaking. Just start. It's not gonna be great. This whole episode, I feel literally just being completely honest with you guys. I feel like pressing delete. Like that's my impulse. That's my critic kind of wanting to take control. That's my that's my past traumas, which I'm going to get to in a bit. That's my childhood traumas. That's my abandonment issues. That's my, that's just my stuff, you know, trying to take control and trying to just prove my soul wrong. But now I'm more in tune with my soul than anything else. So I'm just going to rock with it. Like, I'm just going to move with it. I'm just going to talk to you guys. Like I talked to like a friend, you know, like I just feel like we get so caught up with structure. You know, if you want to start a YouTube channel, a YouTube channel, for example, and you're watching this, 
you're probably getting in your head or overwhelmed or you've gotten overwhelmed at one point, starting anything, a business, a small business, anything. You've definitely gotten to that phase where you feel like you have to have a business plan. You feel like you have to plan everything accordingly and you have to follow it and you have to be disciplined and you have to work yourself to death in order to make anything work, right? That's always been the idea because that's the idea that's been, that's been promoted by social media. And I'm not going to state specific names, but you have certain business gurus and certain lifestyle coaches, which I hate that term, by the way, lifestyle coaches. Like, what is that? Life coach. What is that? You're going to coach me through life? You have to have a perfect fucking life for you to convince me that you can coach me through my life. You have to have a perfect, impeccable, pristine, I can't find any little wrinkle on your bed for you to even think about coming to me and titling yourself as a life coach. Because I've come across a bunch of these people, a bunch of these people, and it's always the same bullshit. When I put them under the fire and I hit them with those questions that, that they just don't want to answer and they, they haven't even thought about it themselves, they just lock under pressure. And then I completely disprove their business model. I completely disprove their whole personality. And that's why those people are no longer in my life. Because I can't handle those people. Like, I can't handle people like that. You know, it's too much pragmatic. Like, dude, we are living life. And most of us, none of us know exactly what life is. Right? So that ties back to the whole structure thing. How are you going to tell me that I have to have structure? that I have to think this through, that I have to have a five-year plan, that I have to do this and do that. Why don't you tell yourself what you have to do first? Because 99% of the time, those are the people that don't have anything going on in their own life and they don't know anything about themselves. You know, like if they're thrown into the fucking lion's den, they, they simply won't survive. Like they won't make it out alive, right? Like they can't fend for themselves. In the spiritual realm, they can't fend for themselves. In the emotional realm, they can't fend for themselves. In the intellectual realm, it's all just regurgitating whatever they learned or whatever they saw another influencer do. And then they just try to emulate that and just try to be the same exact thing versus just taking things from here and there, from different religions, from different influencers, from different intellectuals, teachers, spiritual teachers, guidance, gods, and then kind of just making your own concoction and your, and your own kind of life cocktail, which is what I've been able to do for myself. And that's why now is the time for me to sit down and kind of like pour you a little bit of that and then offer you that drink. And then if you want to try it, if you want to taste it, if you want to just like see what it tastes like, that's fine. But if you don't want to either, like that's completely fine as well. Like I'm not going to hold that over you at all. Right. So like that's the whole vibe that I kind of want to set. And a lot of this episode is going to be just like setting, like setting the tone for, for what I plan on doing just because it's the first one. And I know that it'll already like turn a lot of people off, but just know that it's going to get better. I hope. See, like, I can't even tell you that. Like, I can't reassure you if it's going to get better. It might just be a freaking train wreck. It might be a freaking car crash, you know, uh, from beginning to end. But all right. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the idea of creativity without even reading off of this shit. Like that's like, that's just how, that's just how I want to operate. You know, I just want to talk to you guys like, like human beings. Like I would talk to my friends in school, 
you know, I wouldn't have things prepared in order to have a conversation with a friend. Like I, I, I never do that. I still don't do that. I've never done that where it's like, um, I'm going to approach my best friend and I, but I have to make sure that I have all my outlines ready. No, fuck that. I'm here to just talk to you guys. Even if it doesn't make any sense, even if you click off, I, I don't care. I'm just here for whoever wants to stick, stick it through and whoever wants to be a part of it. But I started meditating on the idea of art class last night and how all of us kind of had a similar experience with art class. You know, like when we would um, go into like the laboratory or go into the art classroom rather. And the teacher, the art teacher would usually tell us like, okay, so today we're going to make a turkey cutout using our hands, right? For Thanksgiving. Or today we're going to make this... um, this animal using glue, liquid glue, and macaroni pieces, right? Like dry pasta pieces. And so I'm going to ask you guys to bring in liquid glue, tell your parents that you need liquid glue and you need macaroni. And then every kid would bring it inside of a little bag and you would go, everybody straight, single filed line, boys and girls walk into the classroom. You know, you're assigned your seats, boys here, girls here, or you sit here, you sit there. And then the teacher, right? would tell you and show you a finished piece, a finished concept of what this art is supposed to look like, right? So if we're making a giraffe, let's say a giraffe outline using liquid glue and macaroni pieces. So so you're gonna essentially draw the giraffe with the glue and then you're just gonna put the macaroni on top of it. And then you're gonna maybe color in some trees with some crayons and do all that. But the teacher would always show you exactly what you had to create right? And I promise this will make sense. Um, But what I started really thinking about was, isn't it crazy how art classes are, in theory, supposed to teach kids creativity, right? But But then you can kind of pose that philosophical question, like, can you teach someone creativity or is creativity innate? That That's something for you to decide for yourself, I guess. For me, it's it's a little bit of both, for sure, right? Like you, there are people who are born with natural talent and natural skills, and then they are taught how to draw and they are taught techniques like drawing techniques. I don't think anyone's born being able to draw like or paint like Leonardo da Vinci. I don't think anyone is. Um, And I don't even think he was. I think that not think that he, you know, went under the um, the mentorship of many masters until he himself became a master. But he always had that that thing inside of him that was creative, you know, it's that creative spirit, that essence. So I think that some people don't have too much of that essence, but I think everybody is capable of creation. I think that everybody is a creative person by default. You know, if you create anything, if you create a mess, you know, in the kitchen while you're making food, that in and of itself is a creative manifestation, is an artistic manifestation. You might not view it so, but all of life is, right? Like a bee pollinating a, a flower or a, a bird resting on a branch. All of that is a artistic manifestation of nature and of life of God, right? Which we'll get further into as we go. But I just found it super interesting how all my life, every single art class, it was always the case where they would they would tell you or kind of package it in a way where it was creating this illusion that, Hey, like you're coming here to be creative. You are, you're coming here to strengthen 
your creative spirit, your creative essence, your creative muscles, right? Like you're here to be creative, to think outside of the box, to, to just like create with your intuition and stuff, right? But then almost always you would walk into the classroom and the freaking teacher already had a pre-made final result of what every single student had to replicate. That's the key word here, replicate, right? Think about it. You would go into this classroom that is designed to make you a more free thinking spirit, right? To, to enhance your creative intentions and to enhance your, your creativity, period. But then you were still kind of placed in the box. Like you still had to kind of like play by the rules of the schooling system, right? Which is super outdated, by the way. It's super antiquated. You know, like uh, the school system that we have in place today is the same that we had at the times of factories during the fucking industrial revolution. And I'll be cursing throughout this thing. And I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't be cursing too much. And I'll, I won't curse too much, I promise, because that's not even how I talk, um, like cursing too much. But eventually I like to curse to just really emphasize my emotions. I feel like cursing is also uh, kind of like taboo in our society a little bit. You know, because the moment you curse, it kind of undermines your value or the value of your words a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. But in my case, I'm just letting you know that I'll always kind of use it or every time I do use it, it's just to emphasize my emotion and my intensity, um, you know, on a certain topic or subject matter. But anyways, so what's the point of that art class if it's just teaching you how to replicate something? that already exists, right? Like why not just let kids have that freedom and that liberty of just supply them with the materials and let them just go crazy. Let them be creative, right? Creativity is seeing things that other people can't see, you know, and then bringing that into fruition, manifesting it, materializing it. It's having a vision, a vision that some people may not see it, or if they do see it, maybe they're not courageous enough to actually implement that and actually put it into action. So that's what true creatives are. You know, that's what Steve Jobs was. That's what Kanye West is. That's what every major creative person is. It, it's not a person that goes against the grain. It's a person that sees an angle that not many people are privy to, not many people have really unlocked in their brain yet. And so, and so that's all to say that that I just never resonated with that. And I swear to God, I've never resonated with art class because of that. And I only yesterday, after 26 years on this planet, I only yesterday acknowledged that and realized that I'm like, huh. And I'm going to explain now why I'm even bringing this up because it has to do with this podcast. It literally has to do with every creative endeavor I've ever set myself onto undergoing or on the adventure of kind of embarking and embracing Starting this podcast, I had so much, so many barriers in place that were unrealistic. You know, fear of judgment, fear of not speaking well, fear of, you know, going on too many tangents, which I already went on multiple tangents throughout this conversation. Fear of not really getting my point, uh, point of cross, fear of not really retaining people's attention. All these fears that I've built up over time. And I just started like dissecting each one and trying to understand why is it that I have so many ideas, but when it comes time to actually put them into motion, like put them into action, create them, bring them into fruition, I always find myself kind of just 
cowardly avoiding it. And then I try to understand why. Why? And then I got to the bottom of why. And I'm going to read it only because I think it's best if I just read it. Because then you guys will see it in a more coherent way, which is how I presented it here. Like, I just started jotting it, dude. Like, I was, after I was, after I finished meditating, I kind of just, like, came back. And then I was like, I need to write this, otherwise I'm going to forget it. And I also thought that maybe this could be the first topic that I open up this show with because it kind of embodies everything, right? Like it kind of encapsulates everything. It's the art of creating something new and overcoming every resistance that precedes that creation or precedes that moment of creation, which is the struggle of every artist, right? And then a step further is posting and sharing that creation with the world because every artist is their own biggest critic. And that's what I've always been. I've always been the, my, my biggest critic. Anything I create, it could be a podcast episode, it could be a drawing I make, it could be a clothing design that I make, it could be a gaming video, it could be anything I create, I always am my biggest critic. And that's why I'm not really affected by anyone's opinion anymore. And I only realized that to be a superpower once I underwent my spiritual awakening, kind of, because then I just started understanding all of these things about myself that I was just kind of not well versed in. I wasn't well versed in who I was. And it's only with, you know, ego death and the elimination of, of identity and just kind of distancing yourself from everything you thought you knew and letting go of everything you thought you knew and just embracing everything that's new that comes your way, that comes to you through your intuition, through your higher self. And so this is what I wrote. <laughs> um, hopefully, Hopefully this is okay so far. Um, I, I'm enjoying it, so I'm going to keep doing it regardless if you guys resonate or not. Um, but if you do resonate, then welcome, man, um, or or ma'am, man or ma'am. Um, this is going to be a fun ride. I could feel it. Um, okay, so let's read it. Read to the class, Callie. Okay, so I wrote here, right? I am an artist at heart. The only reason I have the insecurities I have now is because of my lack of praise and validation as a child. Remember art class in school? They would frame it as a class for stimulating creativity, but the reality is that they would simply show us what we had to create. So in many ways, it was no different from the assembly lines of factories. I remember using lots of macaroni to create, quote, art in those classes. The correct way, in my opinion, to teach children real creativity or to at least induce, right, and to stimulate, rather, real creativity, is to simply provide them with the necessary tools and environment to create. Allow them the freedom to navigate their higher intuition. I always felt that school art was, was and felt unnatural. I, always, I also always felt overlooked and undervalued, fearful that my creative expression wasn't good enough for this world. Today, I'll have plenty of those creative ideas, but I'll still suffer at the intersection of ideation, creation, and manifestation. So what I meant by this is I would almost perf always perform poorly in these art classes, which is another part of this, right? Is that I would be graded on my art, right? Because teachers would like give you a grade and, and they would hang up the best art pieces and the best artwork. And if your artwork wasn't praised or wasn't validated, then you would feel it. 
you would you would play it off with your friends and say like ah, i don't care anyways i just like improvised it. i just did this whatever you would try to play it off in order for you to not get hurt you know like even at a young age we all have those like coping mechanisms and those defense mechanisms and I would do that a lot. Like, I would be like, yeah, I didn't even put too much effort in it anyways. I got like a C. I got like a D in it. Ugh. The teacher said I have to redo it. It's whatever. But it hurts you, man. Like, it like it affects you as an adult. And it's these small little freaking um, childhood things, right? Like, it's the small little things that that you just brush off in the moment, right? Like, you brush off all of these traumas as a kid. And if you're watching this and you're in your 20s or you're in your late teens or whatever, and you're coming into adulthood and you're coming into this realization where you're not a kid anymore, then you start, well, if you start doing the work of, of curing yourself and healing from all those past traumas, you start realizing that it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle that I am still here today talking to you guys. Just as I'm sure it's a it's a miracle that you're even watching this right now. Because think about how much how much trauma you went as a child that you just dissociated. You just put it in the back burner. You just you just kind of said, like, I'm just gonna drive, stare forward, press the freaking accelerator, no brake pads, and just keep on keeping on. You know, like don't look back, don't look in the rear view mirror, ignore the monsters under the bed. Just do your best to just, yeah, that, that, that didn't happen. That didn't happen, right? That didn't happen, right? And her child, that didn't happen. And then, and, and you just keep going. Not realizing that once you become an adult, that is literally what cripples you for the rest of your life. These small, insignificant things at the time that when left unattended to, it just gets piled on, right? So all of these things just get piled on and then you come into adulthood and you have all of these new responsibilities of bills and you have to, you know, marry someone and you have to have kids and you have to find a job, build a career, focus on your career, you know, become somebody, be somebody. That's what society tells you. Be somebody, somebody, just be somebody. Break, break, like start breaking language down, which is something I've also began, like I began doing that with my spiritual awakening, I started questioning everything. And I still question everything. Every single day, you can ask my girlfriend, every single day, I question everything that I would always take for granted. If I'm walking with my dog, I start staring at the trees. I start, I like pluck leaves and I start staring at all of the freaking designs on the leaf and how perfectly symmetrical everything is. I start staring at the clouds. I start, I've started staring directly at the sun, you know, because as a kid, your, your parents and your teachers and every authority figure would tell you, don't look at the sun. You're going to go blind, right? That's what they all would tell you. But let me ask you this. How many people do you know have gone blind from staring at the sun? From, from staring at the sun? How many people? I don't know anybody that went blind staring at the sun. Do you? So why the fuck do they tell us to not do these things? It's like that's what spiritual awakening is. It's not, it's not anything that you've really been exposed to as a child, or at least I haven't been exposed to spiritualism as a child. I've always been exposed to um, pragmatic religious indoctrination. You know, like you, you, you got to go to church every Sunday. You got to dress up nice. You got to, you know, do your ca uh, catechism. I think that's what it's called. Your communion, right? You have to receive the body of Christ. And you have to do all that. 
and you have to pray and you have to be this and you can't say this and you can't say God's name in vain and you can't a lot of restrictions, right? It's like why, for example, this is a brand new thought, by the way, right? Because we're just free balling here. Like we're just friends, right? Why the why the hell, literally, ironically, why the hell is religion, right? This this vehicle, this beautiful thing, by the way, has beautiful qualities, but also has terrifyingly monstrous traits attached to it. You know, especially with the whole, you know, the the um the uh priests and pastors, you know, taking advantage of children and being moved around and that kind of being just tucked under the rug and people not really talking about it as much. Um, but religion is good and bad, right? But my thing is, why in the hell do they present this vehicle, right, that's supposed to bring you closer to God, closer to a spiritual emancipation, right, closer to the divine, establishing a direct connection with the divine, speaking with God, praying to God, right? The creator, the one responsible for everything you see around you. Why is it that this vehicle that's designed or, you know, has this purpose of connecting you with that, why is it so riddled with restrictions? Why are there so many restrictions on what you can't do? Who, who died and made you king? Who gave you this? Where, like, where does this come from? Nobody asks these questions. People just say, oh, it comes from the Bible. It comes from this book. And the writers of this book were received messages. But even when you go to that, you'll see that a lot of the writers of the Bible, for example, they, they would receive these prophetic messages through dreams, through visions, through experiences, real life experiences. And they would jot those things down. And then over time, you have to also acknowledge the fact that over time, so many civilizations, right? So many cultures, so many societies, so many rulers, so many dictators. They edited the shit out of that book. They ripped out pages, told someone else to just write some new shit, you know, just like burn, burn it completely, rewrite it, and then add this and tell them that they can't do this so that they're more easily susceptible to my control. And that way I can manipulate them better. And still there are people who will die by this book without really questioning who wrote this book? And how many times has it been edited, really? How many times really has it been edited? And the fact that you just are, are, are so brainwashed, and by you, I mean like most people, like most religious people, you know, and not all of them. I, I, I know some cool religious people, you know, and I consider myself one of those, right? Because ironically, people will easily try to crucify me, but the irony is that look what I carry with myself every single day, which I've never really spoke about because I don't think it's my place to really, like, I don't think there's a reason to speak about it because again, I don't want to impose it on anybody, but I always carry this with me, a rosary that I received from my mom and she brought it directly from Brazil, you know, from one of the most religious events in my hometown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply kind of, or near my hometown. And I always wear this under my clothes, everywhere I go. I have Christ with me. I have Jesus with me. But still, 
But still, I'm, I can tell you straight up that I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Catholic. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm all of it. All of the things that I feel bring me value, bring me some form of, of um, bring me closer to God. Excuse me. Bring me closer to, to like to this divine source, to this being of light, you know, to this, whatever brings me closer to it, then I'm, I'm putting it in my cart, you know, in my metaphorical cart. Like I'm filling my cart up with things that actually resonate with my soul on a deep fundamental level. And it's through doing this that I even was able to come in contact with God, with the God of my own understanding, with the God that I perceive, that I understand, basing off of my individual experiences, basing off of the series of events that I've undergone as a child. So for you, whatever religious person is watching this, for you to tell me how I should establish a relationship with God, you have to get right with yourself. Because what you're doing is projecting insecurities. You're projecting insecurities onto others in order for you to not feel alone in your relationship with God. And the fact that you feel alone and you feel this need to just dictate, right? And just shove these ideals down people's throats and tell them that this is the only right way. It's because you are deadly, deathly afraid of, of what you don't understand. And you haven't established a firm connection with God because I can tell. Because people who actually establish a firm connection with God, they don't feel this need to pull out a book, whatever religious book it is, whatever religion, and just read stuff ah, verbatim and just tell you. Because the Lord said, what, what do you feel? What experience have you undergone that will make me relate to what you're saying? Prove to me that you're someone worth listening to. Show me your scars. Show me your pain. Show me your insecurities. Not, not this holier-than-thou persona that you've just concocted and just kind of morphed together based off of what you've heard other people say, based off of regurgitations, based off of just pure pressure, circumstance, circumstance. You know, like you were thrown into a church at five years old and now you're this person and now you just feel this need to just dictate how other people relate to God. With all due respect, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. And, and I'm staring you directly in the eye and telling you that. Fuck you. Because that's not how it works. It's not how it works. And that's what I want to do with this podcast. I want to show you guys that you can go from being someone like me, someone who, who was agnostic, right? Not necessarily atheistic, I was an atheist back in high school when I, when I was younger and I didn't even like really um, dedicate any energy to really deciding what I was. You know what I'm saying? I, I was just kind of like, it's cool to kind of just be against the grain and just be like, yeah, God's not real. But once I started like becoming an adult and started really questioning everything, I became more agnostic because I always felt that there was something more. I just never really had like a clean channel, a clean communication established with that thing, with this higher power, with my higher self. I never had that established because I never put the work. I never put the work into curing myself, into doing my, like into dealing with my shadow, with my dark side, because every person has a light side and they have a dark side. And no, this is not demonic. If it's demonic, then you yourself are a demon. 
right? Because everybody has, just like we are shown in cartoons, everybody has an angel on one shoulder and they have a devil on the other shoulder. And that's literally what consciousness is. That's literally, in my opinion, again, I'm not going to impose this on anybody. This is my belief system, is that the purpose of life is to essentially graduate from this little purgatory that we're in. But purgatory has a negative connotation because it kind of gives the impression that that you're in limbo, that you did something wrong and that's why you're in limbo, right? Like that's why you can't really go anywhere and you feel stuck, you know? Like it, it just has like all of these negative connotations attached to it. But I can reassure you based off of my own personal experience that 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 you're supposed to graduate. I think everybody has that right. Like everybody has the opportunity to graduate spiritually and to just really just, just kind of go through a metamorphosis. You know, everybody's really just a caterpillar and everybody becomes a caterpillar. Like everybody, some people stay a caterpillar their whole life. So, some people never even realize that they are a caterpillar and that, and that they have this opportunity to really go through this transformative process and then become a butterfly and then fly fly as high as their hearts want. You know, like many people go through their entire lives without even realizing that. And I, and I was one of these people, you know? And I think that what happened with, um, what happened in 2020, you know, with the whole pandemic thing, with the lockdowns and everything that happened, I feel like that was a catalyst for me and for many people. And that's why we are, are going through this phase now where just like I said earlier, there, there are so many similar like people with similar mindsets and people who believe the same thing I believe in right now and the same things that I'm speaking on right now, like there are other people who are also coming to the same conclusions. It's that I think that with the shutdown and with being forced to really sit with yourself for, for months, I was about to say weeks, for months, for years, right? It was, it was a year. It was well over a year before it even started feeling like, okay, it's over. And I feel like going through that was so necessary for this world. And obviously a lot of people died, right? I have people who died. I know people who died. I'm not saying it was a good thing, but again, I'm saying I'm speaking on this law of duality on this law of polarity of twos, right? Everything has its opposite. And so it was a horrible thing, horrible thing, killed so many people. So many people lost their jobs, their businesses, tragic. But maybe that's what we needed. Think about it to wake up. You know, like maybe you need that 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 punch in the face. Maybe you do need to lose a family member like I lost. Maybe you do need to lose a friend like I lost. Maybe you do need that to wake the fuck up. You know, and more importantly, and and the most important thing for me that 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 I needed without even knowing that I needed it was just to spend time alone. You know, just 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 really dedicate my energy towards introspection, whether I wanted to or not. And from the period of 2020 up until 2022, like late 2022, no, early 2023, because it's been not that long since I've kind of changed and underwent my metamorphosis, if you will. And I'm still evolving. Obviously, I'm never going to stop evolving. I'm not saying that I'm that 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 I'm a finished human, that I'm a done product. I don't think anybody ever becomes that. But my point is, during that process is when I went through my most deepest and darkest moments, you know, like thought processes, 
you know, I was severely depressed. And my girlfriend, Gabriella, she can tell you about it, you know, severely depressed, suicidal, you know, suicidal, tried a few times, failed, which is ironic, right? Because it just showed that I just wasn't really ready to go through with that. Like it wasn't my, it wasn't my destiny, you know, but I tried, tried. I would, I would dream about it, like daydream about it, view it as this thing that's like, oh, I can't wait for the sweet release to just be done with this because I can't take it anymore, you know? I went through all of that, all of that. And and it just led me to a point where one day, which I'll eventually get into in more in more detail, I think, I think, I think not this episode, because we're already at like one hour. So I'm just gonna keep it kind of like short because it's the first one. So it's just like a little introduction. But un until one day I just broke down completely. Broke down in a way that I've never broken down before, you know? Um, I think I just had an episode where I was not in control anymore. Like my whole body was just freaking out and I was just mentally, I was just freaking out and I just literally just had a breakdown. And this breakdown ended with me on the floor in the fetal position. Something I've never done before, you know, like I've never, I've never cracked that hard. I've never gotten to that level of just sadness, of just disappointment with myself and with life, you know, but it took that happening for me to crack and for me to completely let go of whatever identity I had constructed for myself up until that point. You know, because up until that point, I had an identity. I thought I was this person. I thought I was this guy. I thought that maybe life, like that's all there is to life. And that was part of my depression is that I wasn't seeing any significant change, any movement around me. I, w I was frustrated, everything I was trying to do, just like I said earlier, everything I was trying to work on, everything I was pushing to work and hoping would work, just wasn't getting anywhere. Why? Because my soul wasn't a part of what, of, uh, of, of my reality, of my life. It wasn't being involved in it. All that I was using was my brain, my rational brain what I've been taught by society to use always. Don't trust your heart. Don't be emotional. You know, be logical, be reasonable, man. Come on, be reasonable. You really believe this? It's like, these are the things that you just hear your whole life. You know, like you ask a question and then people with that patronizing essence, like, like that patronizing way will just respond to like, uh, are you stupid? Like, uh, duh, that's why it is the way it is. So all of society, friends, teachers, authority figures, parents, without even realizing it, they just kind of just bury you inside of this little box, inside of this little coffin before you're even dead, before you even pass on, you know? And most of us go about our lives thinking that we're alive, not realizing, not taking a second to look around and realize, holy shit, I'm inside of this box. I've been inside of this box my whole life. I've been inside of this box. I didn't even know that there was more outside of this box. I didn't even know I was in a box. I didn't even know who I was. You know, because, because I thought I knew who I was, but who I was didn't even know that he was inside of this box. And that, my friend, is what starts your spiritual ascension. You have to break out of it. And sometimes 
and I've I've heard anecdotes like I've like tried connecting with other like-minded people on the internet and just to make sure that I wasn't going crazy at the time you know because you always kind of need that reassurance just to make sure you know that you're not the only person that's going through this and that and that there's nothing wrong with you so I found a bunch of people who went through similar things and a lot of them said that you all, all of them all of them said that there was one canon event that resulted in this overnight transformation and it was literally an overnight transformation overnight transformation it was after i kind of went through that breakdown that the next night or the next day i was just a completely different person it's almost as if imagine an egg hatching right my whole life i was just the egg thinking that i had to be an egg my whole life knowing that one day this egg would grow rotten and it would expire and that's what death was and whether or not there's a life there's a world beyond this doesn't really matter because it's not my place to even question that it's not my place to even try to crack that and try to figure that out for myself because no one has figured it out for themselves and what are my odds of figuring that out and so i just always thought that i just had to be an egg my whole life i just had to be an egg not realizing that I, I could decide to hatch, you know, like I can make a, a mindful decision to work on hatching. And then in hatching emerges this being that you never even knew existed. Like, let's assume that we never knew what comes out of an egg. Let's assume that we're the first humans to see an egg hatch. Imagine, imagine your reaction, put, put yourself in the, in the shoes of the early hunters and gatherers, the early farmers, the first farmer to ever witness that. To see this thing, you know, that comes from this animal and then realizing, oh, that's where that animal comes from or that's what comes out of this thing and then cracking it and then trying to eat it. You know, like it's such a trip, man, because then you start realizing that all of history, all of history is just a series of human beings some of them, most of them, a lot of them, surprisingly, a lot of them, not much smarter than you and I, just basically fucking around to find out whatever they needed to find out or fucking around and finding out things that they didn't even want to find out. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just people just being like, what if we eat this thing? Uh, nah, we can't eat that because John died. You know, like he died yesterday eating that. So we're going to write it down here. Don't eat poison ivy. And we're going to call it poison ivy. We're, we're going to call it, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just a series of just discoveries and just pushing limits, pushing boundaries, questioning pre-existing standards. That's what philosophy is all about. The Greeks, right? And going even further back, you have Herme, um, Hermes Trismegistus, you know, who later became Toth in the ancient Egyptian mythology, you know, like you have all of these ancient Egyptian gods, you have the Tao Te Ching, you know, and I never know how to say it properly. So some people call it the Tao Te Ching. I like to call it more the Tao. So you, you have the Tao, you have um, Hinduism, you know, like you have all of these religions and all of these belief systems that kind of emerged and developed in, in different parts of the world at roughly the same time, some of them earlier, some of them later, but 
they all share these core elements, which we're going to get into um, eventually. But my point is, when did we decide that we're just going to follow a book, that we're just going to be super, super, super knowledgeable on scripture and just completely neglect experience, right? Like, when did we just decide that? Because the whole advancement of society is predicated on questioning everything. That's how we've that's how we've evolved to the point that we've evolved. That's how we have all of these systems in place. Universities, right? Started with just, I don't know, Socrates, just having lectures, just talking to people, not even writing shit down. Think about that. And then Plato was one of his students, you know, was one of his um prodigies, I guess, that he took under his wings. And then he was the one that started like just, you know, trying to document everything that was happening or that had happened up until that point. And all of the many lessons that Socrates was was instilling in the youth. And he was even killed for corrupting the youth, right? He was taken out by the powers that be, you know, that by the powers that are in place. But my point is, it was always about having a dialogue, having a constructive conversation that starts with two people having a certain belief system in place and then two people ending that interaction with having new belief systems in place, with having new considerations of, of different aspects that they couldn't even fathom at the time before engaging in that interaction with another person, you know? But nowadays, what I see most of is just people trying to just impose their belief systems onto others instead of just receiving other people as they are and having them receive you as you are. And then having something beautiful happen, you know, something called evolution, evolution of mindset, evolution of belief, evolution of character, evolution of heart, of soul, emancipation, liberation starts with just questioning everything. But yeah, so I'm just going to finish this off by um, closing out my whole point with the art class. Uh, we did do something today. Uh, it says here that we are a little over an hour, which is what I was kind of like wanting to do. And I, and I, and I honestly wasn't sure if I would be able to, to talk with you guys or to talk to myself, right? Because it's obviously not a live interaction, which is why I, please, please call, call me. Please, I need a friend. Call me. 862-419-6997. Um, That's 862-419-6997. And yes, I chose a phone number that had 69 in it because I am literally 12 years old. Um, okay. So just, just, just continuing, right? Also, it doesn't help my cause that when I did create something beautiful, on more specifically like on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I didn't really have one to take the art to. And that's and that's something that we're gonna go deeper on in the um in this series, like as we do more episodes and as we progress in this journey. Um, I grew up kind of an orphan. Um, and I don't think we have enough time today to really talk about that because I don't want to like do too much today, because I feel like it'll just be like, oh, just like vomiting too much and then it's incoherent. I, I want to stick to like what I feel the intuition to talk about and then mention whatever, you know, comes up, but then taking a mental note that I owe you guys a full dedicated explanation for that thing that I mentioned, but I'll give you a brief summary. Um, I grew up raised by my mother. So, um, grew up with a single mother and my dad was absent 
in the majority of my life. And my mother, because she was a single mother trying to figure life out by herself, she worked a lot. Like she was a workaholic, not by choice, but by necessity, right? Because she had to make ends meet and she had to figure it out. And it was me and my sister, you know, like my younger sister, she's six years younger than me. We were born on the same day, by the way, October 31st, Halloween, which is coming up. Um, as of this recording, it's October 2nd, Monday. But she was always working. And so she would hire babysitters, right? And so in a way, I was just raised by these strange women, you know, like these strange people that would come in and out of my house. Um, a lot of them would quit because I would give them trouble. I would give them a hard time. I, at one point I was even trying to beat up the babysitters, you know, as a kid, as like five-year-old, six-year-old, I was trying to like fight them and I was like approach them and just gang up on them. <laughs> you know, these like old ass ladies, by the way, like, um, there was one old lady, which obviously now I feel bad, but at the time I was just like trying to, I was just trying to get my mom's attention essentially like today I understand what like what I was doing but I was trying to just get my mom's attention I was trying to just have her come back home and have her take care of me you know like have her discipline me even if it was a disciplinary reason why why she had to come back early or even if she was pissed at me even if she beat me you know because at the time you know like I'm I, like I'm not gonna lie to you guys you know um coming from a Brazilian background she's she's Brazilian and that's how she was raised like her parents beat the shit out of her um, her dad even tried, you know, killing them at, during moments, you know, because her dad was an alcoholic and he died from alcoholism and he would come back drunk, you know, and armed because they lived on the farm area, like farmlands in Brazil, like very simple, very poor, dirt poor, literally dirt poor. Like they didn't know if they would have enough to eat. And she's one of eight, eight, eight kids. She's one of eight. And anyways, um, my grandpa, her dad would come back and he would just say that he's going to kill someone. And then he would say the name. And then the whole family would just scramble trying to find out that, that someone and then trying to hide her or him because I have one uncle. So, so out of eight, it's one uncle and all of them are just aunts, right? But my point is that beating was like a way that she was taught to discipline, right? It's how she got disciplined. And so she just kind of just repeated that. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier about how like people just accept things and they just accept cycles and, and cyclical ways of being, even if it's not really the best way of doing it, because they don't even question if there's a better way, you know, it's just what you've been used to. But anyway, so even if it was just to like rebel to kind of, oh, excuse me, to kind of get her attention and kind of like make her come back home. I would do that. And I remember that there was this one lady. <laughs> she 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 lasted, I think, one night. One night is what she lasted. And it was so hard for my mom to find babysitters because she needed someone to sleep, right? Because she would work all day and then also all night. So she had like two or three jobs. Like she's one of the hardest working people I know. But um, but it was so hard to find babysitters, like finding people who didn't really have responsibilities outside for themselves and their personal lives that they would be willing for money to like sleep at this person's house and watch their kids. It wasn't easy to come across. And so this one, I just didn't like her. I just didn't like her. Like I thought she was kind of like bitchy and she was really annoying and she was kind of like not letting me do certain things. And so I was like, all right, I'm a fuck shit up. I'm a fuck shit up. And I was, um, 
I was taking karate lessons at the time, I think at school. And I was just like testing it out on her, you know, like, come on, come on, lady, let's go, you know, and just, and I made her cry, you know, like she was sobbing, hysterically crying. She, she called my mom crying hysterically, saying that she can't stay here anymore and that she's going to leave right now. And then my mom had to calm her down and my mom had to leave her job, come running and then handle it with me. And I'm sure I got a really good beating that day. And that's one of the reasons why I still remember it. But even that part, I have to kind of like meditate on and kind of like revisit because I, I dissociate a lot, you know, because of my childhood. But I promised I wouldn't get into it, but that's the nature of the mind of Cali Lacerda. That's what you're getting yourself into. There's no structure. I just go where my intuition goes. I'm speaking directly from my soul with you guys. And I need you to really understand that statement. It's like, it's not, it's not a rational person speaking. It's like, it's literally my essence is speaking to you guys. It's the first episode and I'm already disclosing all of these things. It's like, I don't care. I don't care because that's what I want to do. Like, I, like I want to disclose these things because there are people, again, who may find value in something. But um, <clears throat> even if it's just entertainment, you know. Um, but all that to say that m my sister and I, we grew up orphaned, right? We had a mom who was present, but she wasn't present because she was always working. And so she would never make it to any of the parent stuff at school. Um, and she was rarely ever home and we rarely even spent time with her, right? So in a lot of ways, what I'm trying to get to with all this is that I would come home on like Mother's Day and Father's Day with like presents and like art stuff that I created in school and just a bunch of stuff in my little folder. And I wouldn't really have anyone to really show that to, you know? And not, and not to say what I just mentioned, right? Um, my parents wouldn't show up at school during these days and during these events. Even like parents, parent-teacher conferences, like it was almost unheard of. It's like, nah, she can't make it because she's working. And that's what I had to tell them. Um, so I would see all of my friends having their mom and their dad coming through and and embracing them after in in assembly in the auditorium, you know, like the the parents were all sitting there. And I just never had that. You know, like I could never look out into the audience and see a familiar face. And I'm getting emotional emotional now just thinking about it because I've never really said that statement out loud. But that just goes back to what I said earlier. It's like these small things that as a child you try to play it off with your friends, you know, because my friends not in a malicious way or with any malicious intent, they would just ask like, Hey, like, where's your mom? You know, like, where's your dad? Is, is he here? And I would just brush it off, you know, because I was just trying to bury those emotions. I was trying to just dissociate. I was trying to just like create my own little reality in my head so that I didn't have to feel the emotions, you know, and just kind of just make a fool out of myself for expressing those emotions in the moment. So I would kind of just compartmentalize them, tuck them inside of like a folder in the back, in the deepest recesses of my mind, of my subconscious, and just like, forget about it. So in those moments, I would just say like, yeah, nah, she couldn't make it because she's working, whatever, you know. But I wouldn't, like, I, I would never let anybody know how I truly felt about almost anything growing up. It would just always be, because I was always just taught by my mom, you know, who who is the most powerful and just the most strong the most strong the strongest woman i've ever encountered period and that i ever probably will ever encounter 
And I just learned it from her, you know, like you have to just, sometimes you just have to take a deep breath and just pretend that everything's okay because you have to be strong for someone else. You have to be strong for your kids. You have to be strong for yourself, you know, because you're trying to make things work alone as a single mother. Like you're trying to make things, you're, you're trying to make ends meet. And we moved around a lot, moved around so much, like an unhealthy amount. Because I, 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 I really, I really remember that whenever I would finally feel like I was fitting in, I was getting comfortable in a place, I would just be yanked out of it. Yank, like switching schools, switching states, switching cities, switching countries eventually. Because I moved back to Brazil when I was 12. And that was the biggest cultural shock ever. But again, going back to the whole duality thing. It was bad in many ways, but today I realize that without that, I could never have adapted or, or developed this skill of adaptation that I have today. Like you could put me in any country, any classroom, you could sit me across from any human being and I will not only adapt, but I will also just be a pivotal part of that system in like a way where like I'll make deep friendships. I'll establish deep bonds with people. That's how I adapt. So I'm comfortable in the uncomfortable. Like you, I've never been the type that's like, oh, like I can't switch. I can't travel. I can't get out of my hometown. That's all I've ever known. And I think that that's part of why I'm so comfortable right now speaking to you guys on camera because I haven't, I've never done this. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if it's going to be anything good. I don't know if it's going to just live on, on this little corner of the internet where maybe a few a few dozen people click on every now and then to see what crazy shit I have to spew. But that's why I think I have this superpower, I guess, you know, to just be comfortable in the uncomfortable because I have nothing left to fear. I don't fear your judgment. Nothing you say can, can even touch the, the, the surface of who I am or who I've become, you know, like you can't do anything. No one can do anything to me. You know, people could die tomorrow, people that I love, and I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be fine because of everything that I've kind of created for myself, like how I've built myself up. Just very durable, you know, durable, resistant, and also accepting of everything and anything that comes my way. Anything and everything. And that's one of the reasons why I feel like everything is working out for me now, as opposed to before, like I told you guys, because before I was, you know, just forcing things to work. I was trying to just force puzzle pieces to fit and I wanted to do it fast. I wanted to build, you know, the entire puzzle piece in like a certain amount of time. And now I'm just going with the flow, man. I'm just going, just going with the flow. Life has never been this great, never been this chill. I've, I've never had this amount of peace of mind. I've never really had peace of mind as a kid. Because again, I grew up having to take care of my sister, having to kind of be the parent when my mom wasn't available and she wasn't home. And as we grew older, you know, like babysitters weren't just willing to sleep anymore. So we got to a point where we were just sleeping alone, right? Like we had to like babysitters would, would clock in at maybe 8 a.m. and stay until 4 p.m. And then they were out they were gone, you, you know, so we would have to maybe figure out food, 
definitely figure out homework, figure out laundry, figure out the time of the school bus that's going to be passing by, make sure my sister, who's just a child, a baby, you know, make, make sure she's okay, you know, raise her, you know, like me being six, 10 years old, 12, 15, 18, raising her myself, you know, like 80% of the time. And then the other 20%, my mom takes control, you know, but yeah, it's, it's it, it, like, it's, it's wild to think about. But I'm also just so grateful for, for, for my life experience. And it just all ties full circle to my opening statement about how I just don't accept living on the superficial plane of existence with people anymore. So if I meet you in person, you best believe that I'm going to hit you with some hard-hitting questions that will force you to really deep, like dig deep within yourself to give me a response. And based off of your response, I'll be able to tell if you've done the work, you know, like if you're real, if you're fake, you know, if you're going to stand the test of time, if you're going to stand the pressure, you know, of life. And I could tell now. And I can also tell you that up until a year ago, I was one of the people that would crumble at anything, like any instance, you know, at any inconvenience, I would crumble because I was the most depressed. So that's one of the reasons why I was so suicidal. I was so like, it was horrible. It, it was literally the worst moment of my life. And it's ironic because it was a precursor for the best moment of my life, which was when I came into who I am. You know, I stepped into who I was always destined to be. Which this is going to sound cocky to many of you, but I was always meant to shine. And that's why I had so much darkness. Because it's the law of opposites. It's the law of twos, right? It's the polarity. It's a hermetic law. Highly, re highly recommend checking out the Kybalion. People call it Kybalion. I call it Kybalion, maybe. I like to call it Kybalion. But it's a hermetic philosophy, you know? It's not satanic, by the way. It's not the devil's work. It's not, it's just a philosophy. It's a system of laws, seven laws more specifically, that govern everything and that are kind of, uh, kind of irrefutable, really, you know, because you can't really test against it. And if you start analyzing everything in nature, you'll see these laws in everything. But anyways, like one of them is the law of polarity. And it's only now that I realized that that's why I went through such a dark, dark phase of my life. It was so that I can understand and realize the full potential of my light, you know? So I think that what I'll close out um, with this particular one, well, I just have to finish this part real quick. I'm sorry, guys. Hopefully this is enjoyable for someone. And I know I'm apologizing so much, but again, it's just the first time and I'll get better at it. Like next episode, I'm obviously not going to do a whole introduction about what this show is about, who am I? I'm just gonna like sit down, turn on the candles and just start yapping, you know, start talking to you guys. Um, so just finishing off, right? Okay, okay, uh, okay. So also doesn't help my cause that when I did create something beautiful on Mother's Day and Father's Day, I didn't have one to take the art home to. Over time, I would put less and less effort into my expressions of love for others, expecting and assuming neglect and disappointments. So this was very, very prevalent and obvious to me in my adulthood, where 
I went through a long period of time kind of avoiding relationships and kind of avoiding dating anyone, you know, like finding a partner, finding a perfect girlfriend, you know, because to me, I had set all these super unrealistically high standards and expectations for who this perfect person would be. But also, more so, I would have this extensive list of reasons why I, why that person doesn't exist. And again, it's just predicated on my experiences, on my childhood, on my development, on my coming up, right? It's just that I knew that it was like, it, it, it can't possibly exist. Unconditional love that's, that, that can give you validation, that can be present for you, that can be there when you need it. What a foreign concept, right? That if you call on them, they'll, they'll usher in and they'll, and they'll help heal and they'll help you cope and they'll help you, you know, understand and just recuperate and just, and just recover. That was such a foreign concept for me because of what I just said, you know, it's just, I never got that really from parents. So, you know, this idea that I would find it in the stranger, you know, and I had such a cynical way of looking at that too, is like, these people are probably only interested in me because of what's going on in my life or because of what I'm, or, or because of what I'm building. Because at the time I was building a gym, you know, prior to the whole pandemic thing, I was, um, on my path towards building a commercial gym with two other partners. And it was supposed to be something big. Like it was like a legitimate business. It was 10,000 square feet. Uh, well, a little over 10,000 square feet. It was a low cost, high volume, um, gym just like Planet Fitness kind of, you know, it's like you pay 10 bucks, 20 bucks, and you have access to the whole facility. And it was pre like based off of volume, you know, like that's how it worked. That's how the numbers worked out. But anyway, so I was on my path towards that. And my life was very centered around just business minded stuff, self development, self help. And, um, and I, I, I just convinced myself that that if any girl was interested in me at that time, because I was also documenting it and showing off, you know, on Instagram, because it's the ego commanding my life at the time, I was showing off, I was kind of like overcompensating for what I lacked as a man, you know, like of what I lacked as a person, as a human being. And by man, I mean, like my integrity, and my connection with myself, like my understanding of who I truly was, I was overcompensating because I was neglecting that. I was neglecting that process, that arduous process, that uncomfortable process of sitting with yourself in order to really truly understand who you are. I just brushed that aside and I just said, all right, I'm just going to overcompensate. I'm just going to focus on building a business because then I will attract all of the necessary things. I will attract millions. I will be rich. I will attract beautiful women. I will be able to choose and pick and I will, you know, and I then realized over time, obviously, that that's completely unfounded. It's completely wrong. It really is wrong. Like, you're never going to find the right people. What I follow today is, and this goes for everything, because I'm obviously happily in a relationship with my girlfriend, Gabriella, but this applies to everything, opportunities, friendships, connections, networking, is that you focus on building your garden. Focus on building your garden, tending to your garden. Focus and make every action the best possible action that you can come up with, like the best possible thing that you can create, the best possible way that you can plant this tree, the best possible way that you can water this, this seed, right? And you focus on building your garden. And what you'll realize is that the butterflies will always gravitate towards you. 
always gravitate to your garden. And that's the saying, you know, build it and they will come. And that's the best way to kind of go about life, I feel, is just focus on your garden. Like, don't be individualistic. Don't abide by these um, dogmatic ways, which I'm going to talk about in a future episode. You know, like people say like, oh, like you you have to wake up at 5 a.m. and you have to go to the gym and you have to do this and this order. Again, question everything. Just experiment for yourself and see what works for yourself. Because I was one of those people where 5 a.m. I was in the gym. I would take pictures for accountability purposes. I would, you know, just get a workout in every single day. I was disciplined. I was eating right. I was weighing everything. But even today, I, I just don't do that anymore. I just live off a feeling. I just feel things out. And still, and before you say, yeah, but I have a job and not all of us have that privilege. If I created it for myself, then that in and of itself shows you that it's possible. Because I also was stuck at a a nine to five job, literally a cubicle setting that was just crippling. And I spent over almost two years in that position, in that reality. And I hated every second of it until one day I finally built the courage up to just save whatever money I made, save it for just long enough time that I could kind of figure my shit out. And then that's when the whole podcasting thing picked up and everything happened the way it did. And well, no, sorry. Well, yeah, podcasting happened around the time when I first started developing the idea for the gym. And so then my entrepreneurial journey took off. But podcasting was ironically always first. It was always like an important thing for me to do. But um, what was I saying with this? Oh, shit, I forgot, guys. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> oh, this is going to happen so many times. I can already see it. I completely forgot what I was going to say, and I'm not going to waste any time trying to figure it out. But it'll come back. If, it, if it's important, then it'll come back. But the last thing that I wrote down here that just ties into the whole, again, this everything started with just creativity and how we're taught creativity in a very uncreative way in school. Um, this all ties back to my realization last night that even the fact that I did so poorly in school, you know, because I would always, always be sentenced to summer school, always, every quarter, every semester, every year, I even forget how they kind of like measure things back then. Um, because I went to school in many different states. And then I also moved to Brazil, I, I finished grade school in Brazil, I did my entire high school in in Brazil. And but every single semester, every single grading period, I would have to take extra classes in order to make up for that low grade. So if the minimum grade average was a six out of 10, I would get like no, like no joke, 0.5 in physics, um, 0.5 in math out of 10. Um, chemistry, like a two, you know, and physics, I think I said physics already, but just super low grades, just doing super poorly. And all of this just ties back to the fact that everything is kind of due to my abandonment as a child, right? So it's back to my trauma, to my childhood trauma. And it was just an act of rebellion is what I realized. You know, like, I'm not a dumb person, I don't think. I'm not lazy either because I'm a hardworking person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm capable of working really hard if it's something I really believe in, especially. And I don't think I'm dumb. Like, I've always been kind of bright. I don't think it's wrong to say that. I don't think it's narcissistic or egotistic to say that. But I've always kind of embraced challenges head on. 
I've never cowered away from challenges. I've always kind of, kind of in, like wanted it, you know, like I've always wanted challenges because that's how I thrive, you know, like that's how, like literally like put me against a flame and just see if I can survive it or not. Like that's how I like to live my life. And that's what I'm doing right now. Like I'm putting myself in the super vulnerable position right now on the internet and God knows what this will become one day. Like what if one day there are like millions of views on this video and I just can't stand watching it. Which, by the way, to my future self, if that ever happens, um, yeah, I, I, I just know that I'm gonna have a hard time editing this myself, so I don't blame you for that. But, um, but, but, yeah, like even getting poor grades in school, that was an act of rebellion, because I wanted to get my mom's attention, I wanted to get my dad's attention, because my dad lives in Brazil, and then later in life, during my high school period, especially. I started just reconstructing my ties with like with my dad. And today I hold no resentment. I harbor no regret. I, I harbor no hatred towards him at all. You know, he's a great guy, by the way. Great, fantastic guy. Like as I got to know him as an adult, especially. And I have plans on going back to Brazil early next year. So I'm definitely going to hang out with him and spend some more quality time with him and just try to like build a relationship as an adult, as like a full not fully fledged adult, but a fully formed adult. So that could be interesting. But, um, but yeah, like that was me trying to get my parents' attention, you know, because even if they're divorced, I would spend like a weekend with my dad during high school or every other week, like there was a day when we would hang out and he would tutor me, you know, because he's always been bright. Like he's always been good at math, at physics and stuff. And so he would just take out these old textbooks of his and, and he would take me to the park and we would just sit down in the grass and like this open space and he would just you know hit me with just questions and and just tell me to like solve these equations and solve these things and that was for me was 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 one of the most memorable moments with my dad was the moments when i was performing so poorly in school that he had to kind of intervene because my mom was was still coming back and forth so she was working here and then we were living in brazil because she was working here, because she was trying to like raise more money and stuff. And because life in Brazil is expensive. And then you have that conversion rate, you know, like you make money, like, like dollar to Brazilian currency, which is reais. It's like a multiplying thing. So it's like $1 is like five reais right now, which is crazy. So if you have a thousand, no, if you have, if you have 25, no, if you have $20,000, that's a hundred thousand reais there. And it goes a long way, even if things are expensive and whatnot. But my point is that she would travel here. And then again, with the babysitter thing. So we were being raised by babysitters months on a time, like months at a time. So it was like six months at a time. And then she would come back and then she would spend like a month or two. And then she would come back here to work more because we needed more money to, to pay off the house, to, to pay, you know, stuff, just like lifestyle stuff. But then my point is, what is my point, right? Like, what is my point? My point is that everything I would do in life that I thought I was bad at was just me not knowing what I was doing, but it was me rebelling, actively, actively rebelling against my reality, against the cards I was dealt. So that's why I would always find myself kind of like feeling lesser than and not really feeling confident in myself. I've always had an insecurity you know, with, with myself. And I was even thinking in my head, like, should I even mention this? And I'm just gonna mention it. Fuck it. Cause again, it's the, the whole point of this is just to be fully vulnerable and just be fully connected with you guys. Um, one of the reasons why I wear hats all the time is because I feel insecure. 
I feel insecure about my hair. I feel insecure if I don't have my hair cut. Um, it's not that I always wear a hat, but for 90% of the time, 90% of videos of anything that I'm involved in, you'll see me wearing a hat, you know, but there are videos on this channel, even that I'm seen without wearing a hat that I was more kind of like fluid and more comfortable with myself, but that was just the ego. Right. And now that I've become myself more and I've kind of grown into who I am, I'm slowly but surely kind of just reassuring myself that everything's okay. You know, so this is kind of like the final frontier for me. So one day out of nowhere, I'm just going to stop wearing my hat and that's going to be me embracing fully, fully embracing discomfort, embracing everything that I've kind of resisted my entire life. Because it's only now, like in the past three years that I've been wearing hats at all, you know, it's just because my, my sense of confidence and my sense of self suffered a great amount of distress during this period of, of overcoming myself and overcoming the ego, the ego death and the spiritual awakening, but more specifically the deep depression and the suicidal ideations it was just, it's just been a roller coaster. So over time, as I become more comfortable with speaking um, during these shows, and, and I genuinely feel like you guys are getting the full depth and the full gamut of who Callie is, then I'll start revealing myself, start revealing myself, start revealing myself to you guys, and also in turn to myself. So that's how I'm going to close out this episode. It's just reiterating what I said earlier about how this is more for me than it is for anybody else. This is a therapy. This is a confessional. This therapy is expensive as shit. Um, and this is kind of free. Well, not kind of free. This is free, you know, aside from the time I'll spend editing and posting. So this will do for now. And I hope, and let's just set that as a goal, right? That as we progress for me personally, it'll be just one of the measurements that I'll use and one of the metrics I'll kind of rely on is if I'm able to successfully be comfortable in the limelight as myself with you guys. So that'll take a little bit of time, but I, but I'm very confident I'll get there, you know, because it's funny, like off camera, you can ask my girlfriend again, I don't wear hats when I go out, like rarely, like I'll like wear it if I'm having like a bad hair day or if I feel like my hair is outgrown. Like, for example, now it's really outgrown and I'm going to get a haircut on Thursday. So it could be that Thursday. Maybe I record another episode. Maybe I just try it out with no hat or whatever. But that's a whole other thing that I'll get to. But that's also childhood trauma that I'm still working, working with. I'm still working on. And it's an insecurity of mine. And it's something that I want to overcome. I want to overcome. You know, because I have hair, like I've always had hair. And it's just that I don't know what it is yet. I think as a kid, I think somebody made fun of my hair or somebody made fun of me or how I looked. And then I just associated and I started becoming super, super just um, hyper vigilant of every little thing about myself. And that created this prison where I'm still kind of getting myself out of, breaking myself out of. But yeah, so hopefully I could break myself out of this thing with you guys and hopefully something that I've undergone or, or something that I've experienced, some anecdote, some personal experience will, you know, reflect on something you've gone through or will be similar to something you've gone through. And maybe some insight that I've gained through my experiences 
could be of value for you to use as a tool, as a weapon, or as something for you to conquer your own demons and your own inner darkness. But yeah. So with that being said, guys, uh, we actually did almost two hours, which is crazy. Um, thank you so much. I'm not going to cut anything out. I'm just going to leave it as it as it is. And it, it like if you hate it, then you hate it. If I'm just rambling or saying nonsense, then that's fine too. But I'm going to continue doing this. And um, yeah, don't forget to call. Just call in. I'll play your voicemail and we'll chat. Ask me questions. Share anecdotes. Share personal stories. Do anything you want. Just talk to me and I'll talk back. But with that being said, thank you so much. And yeah, peace. Maybe I should blow out the candles every episode. There we go. Ooh, look at that smoke. Look at that smoke. Wow, look at that smoke. Tornado. All right, guys, peace out. <laughs> Bazifanele